All right, welcome back to Off the Tap. This week is episode 41, or episode 10 of season 2. And we are doing Cronenborg 1664. Almost said 1964, even though I was reading it right off of the page. I was going to comment on the fact that you said Cronenborg. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they pronounced the O-U-R-G as Berg, but I could be out of bounds. Well, I don't know. I'm an American... I'm stupid. I'm not taking into account their culture at all like I should be, but it's spelled Cronenborg for me, so that's how I'll But Cronen okay. it's probably Cronenberg and I'm I'm a, you know, stupid American. So I'm so so that that's fine. I'm a stupid American too, but I would say this. <laughs> um proud American, proud, proud yeah. regardless regardless of intelligence level. Yeah. Um but I'm I'm super excited because you and I have had a conversation a lot about like stereo, I don't want to say stereotypical. All of them are are respected in their own right, but stereotypical pilsners. And this, for me, we've had previous conversations because I have already uh, uh, had this beer. They, that's my favorite beer for reasons we'll get into later. But also, this one for me personally is probably number three or four on the list of all time favorite pilsner style, like generic beers when i think beer this is the type of beer i think yeah that's what you were telling me whenever we were looking at them and i was like "Ooh, all right we've got we got to try it because i've had uh what was the other one that that you brought over that one time Carlsberg. Uh, yeah that one yeah you brought that one over and you were like man you gotta try this pilsner and i loved it so that's my numero uno i will say though before we even get into it like maybe it's just the way like um Maybe the nine, I don't want to say 90s because that makes it seem super early, but like maybe the way the 90s were or like the early 2000s or just coming up as a kid, like whenever I think like everybody's like, oh, you, you take, you know, you, you don't like beer at first. That's what everybody tells you, right? They're like, oh, you're going to drink it. You're not going to like it. Like mm -hmm. in my mind, this is programmed as that experience for everyone. Like the first time you drink it, you're like, whoo, that's a little abrasive. Like, I don't know how someone could love that. And then now I'm like, oh, man, you know what I'm craving? It's this. And um, so anyways, that's just interesting to me. Like, for me, it's that seed of you don't love it at first, and it's the stereotypical first beer that you grow to love and enjoy. In my mind, that's this these styles of beer, and especially this one. Yeah, I remember what everybody's saying, like, uh, you know, back – back when you first start trying beer or whatever, that it's like a thing you, a taste you acquire or whatever. And I remember the first beer I ever tasted was a rolling rock. Cause you know, that was my, what my dad drank. And so yeah, that was the first beer I ever tasted. And I never once thought it was gross. I had See, put it to my lips and I immediately was like, this is delicious. And, so and I, that's not even one of my favorite beers anymore. So, so I agree. I also didn't have the issue with the taste of beer, but in my mind, I think, like this is that's probably why people have that experience or why that's a cliche. I didn't experience that. Um, but I think a lot of people do. And and it's these types of beers that that they're experiencing in that moment. The other thing I was gonna call out, I know you're gonna probably get into the the specifics on the beer, um, but it's sixteen sixty-four by Cronenberg. It is a French or it's imported from France now, but that is where it originated. Um, what I think is interesting, a lot of the the Pilsners from this particular area. All of them are sold, whether they're imported or manufactured here now, in, a, in an 11.2 fluid ounce bottle, not a 12 ounce. Um, and I don't know if that's a metric conversion or what that is, but uh, it's weird. 
I, it doesn't seem like that much difference, but it is in I'm the getting, grand scheme of things. I'm getting ripped off of my of my cows per uh, per fluid ounce here. Yeah. So you look at the if you look at the stats, you know the CALs, the uh, IBUs, the alcohol by volume. I mean, I guess by volume it doesn't really matter, but uh, yeah, you're, they're cutting you by point eight eight tenths of an ounce is what we're losing each bottle, fellas. You know what? I'm getting into the smell of it. I'm smelling the the beer out of the bottle here. Skunky. And, and yeah, but when you're you were talking about how it's like that that thought of you you're not gonna like beer at first, right? This bottle smells the exact way that I think of beer smelling. Yes, you know what I'm I mean. Like, you. That's exactly what it is. When when you drink it out of a pint, like again, I don't want to break you know break into you know we always wrap up the episode by where we would drink it, but like for me. It's what I think of in a pint. It's what I think of when it sours. It like when the smell mm. of soured beer. Like this is what I think of. But it's that super bitter, skunky, refreshing, crisp, enjoyable beverage. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. okay. I'm gonna get 60, into yeah, it. Go you keep talking. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Man, oh man, it's crisp, See? man. It's tasty. It's refreshing. Mm. I know it's dehydrating me, but I don't feel like it is. Ooh, see, here's the thing. You know what I mean? Yes, because yes, they they sneak up more than like American lagers, or more like even compared to other things we drink. I think a lot of standard pilsners um, have a tendency to creep up on you in the dehydration because you're like, wow, how, if it's this refreshing, how can it be dehydrating me? And it is. Yeah. It. Oh, it is for sure. Um, but oh but man, it's, it doesn't taste like it at all. It tastes like it's just absolutely beautiful for your insides. Citrusy. I mean, a little bit. I don't want to define it that way, but a little like citrusy. It's sharp. Um, also, too. I love. Oh, first off, a first burp already, and I'm one sip in. One sip in. Which is another thing that I love about these types of beers, and especially Cronenberg. Um, but also just beautiful bottle. I didn't pour it into a Pilsner. I mean, yeah, Pilsner glass today. Um, not because of my comments that were made last week, uh, about being fa- showing favoritism towards one particular glass, but I didn't pour did it in a, there. If you didn't hear that, you got to listen to that. Uh, yeah, you guys can go back and understand why I have a guilty conscience, but, um, beautiful bottle. And, and because it's French, it is very champagne. Like I just connected those dots. Um, yes. but, nice uh, connection. But anyways, yeah, standard green. Look at the front, like at the back of the bottle. Just perfect foam after one sip. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm excited. I'm overexcited. I'll shut up. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a pretty standard bottle when it when I think of a pilsner. Uh, myself, yeah, the, so. the, the green to protect from any further. Um, I don't want to say rancidity, but skunkiness development. They're like, look, we put enough in there. We don't want UV messing with our stuff, degrading our stuff. Yeah, right. Exactly. We can't have any any outside contamination going on here. No, no, no. We don't want it to go any further. Um, it's actually a little funny that you mentioned it's like like champagne or whatever, right? Um, because they you I was doing a little research on this because obviously it's from France. Um, so I don't really know a lot about it or anything. So I was looking it up and. They use high quality. I don't know how to say this. I'm gonna butcher this as well. But it's spelled Strisselspalt hops, mm, which are considered, yeah. which are considered the champagne of hops. 
Ooh. It says that on the website. So that was pretty so, interesting that you said that. So real quickly, I so I was just kind of connecting the dots. There again, I'm the branding guy. I always give you guys the inlets on how I feel about their branding, mm-hmm. and I think it it works if they are considered the champagne hops, and the bottle is very champagneish. But what's also funny though is like we're sitting here, and this is an import for us, and I love it because it's my favorite style of beer. But like, I wonder if over there this is like the high life of France. Right, you know? we're raving about it, and they're like, they get a Miller Light from over here, and they're like, whoa. You know I, I, I mean? think they're just like, if we were to ever have some type of uh, established audience there, they're like, what idiots? Like, mm. seriously? They don't Are even they drinking know. that trash? They what don't the? even know, bro. This stuff's been around for 1664 because it's cheap as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we're giving it away, I'm pretty yeah. sure, over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, the more research I was doing, though, because I, I was like, I wonder why it's called 1664. I wonder if there's some kind of like big, you know, reason why or whatever. If something happened. Nope. It was just when the guy made it. That's, yeah, that's what it was. I, I was like, oh, what was there like a revolution going on there? This was the uh, 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 yeah. a renaissance period for them. Like it this symbolizes breaking out. But it was no. like the French prohibition. This was the only thing they could get on the black market. No, no. just. Just when he came up with it. Also, not even specific. Just this is the year. But I guess <laughs> yeah. in 1664, they weren't keeping history all that well. Well, I mean, and also, could you imagine the name of a beer being like August 21st, 1664? <laughs> ah, yes. One hell of a beer name. You walk in, especially like somewhere, you walk into a local bar or something, and you're like, ooh, do you have the August 10th, 1664 on tap? <laughs> Like now, nah, seasonally, it's out. You know, whatever. No, no, yeah, those don't come around until like mid-May, at least. I just, I just wish I like I I'm fine with it because I enjoy the beer, but I do wish that it was cooler than just the year that it was brewed. Which now that I'm thinking about, it, if you think in the grand scheme of things, like there's not a beer in the U.S. that existed in 1664. No, so there's not. This bad boy's been around for a hot minute. But I don't think he, because uh, it was just one dude. He like graduated. At, this is just from their website, but he graduated master brewer and opened his first brewery. But I don't think he did a lot with it. Obviously, I mean it's 1664, so there's not like they're distributing it worldwide or anything. Regardless, but right, right. nothing else really happened until 1850, which is when it moved to Cronenberg, Cronenborg, if you ask me. But 1850, so it just hung around as like. 200 like a, years as a local as brewery a town brew. yeah wow so you know i mean they they stayed true to it i don't know if maybe that was just the only again it's a great beer i'm not saying it's bad or anything i'm just saying i wonder if they hung around and were able to stay alive for 200 years because they were the only brewery around the area you know the other thing that i think about all the time is like I would say even in the States, like there's not a super, there's not a beer that's existed here so long that like the first iteration is probably drastically different from what we consume today. Like, yeah, there's going to be some variants, but I mean, even if you, you know, you take Yingling or something like I guarantee you what they were originally putting out is damn close to probably what we're consuming now. But some of the beers overseas that were like, you know, like, you know, they were next to the bottle of wine that Jesus was serving, like those kind of beers. Yeah. Like, do you think that uh, there's no way that they've stayed true to like, maybe the process has stayed fairly similar, but there's no way that like all of the little notes and like things that we talk about that we enjoy about them are exactly the same. You know what I mean? Like there's no quality control that that's, that's that solid over 
you know, thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, it's like Jesus snapped his finger and made a, a barrel of wine and then he or made a barrel of wine out of water and then snapped his finger and made a barrel of, of uh, 1664. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? Well, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying like between 60 between the original recipe and that small town and that dude's garage yeah. or whatever whatever they had back then like their uh their like wagon cart garages. <laughs> yeah. Like they Yeah. There's no way that it's that close or it's exactly the same. And so, okay, so 1850 is when they moved to Cronenberg, so 200 years before then. And then 35 years later in 1885 is when they started using the champagne of hops, the Strissel Stops. Strissel Stops. So, so, so there's a change right there. Right. So they changed hops. Uh, it says the hops' unique aroma creates a distinctive and refined taste. Yes, it does, my friend. It's very it does, good. Very good taste. It's so interesting to me because, like, I guess we take hops for granted because there's all most of the beers that we consume now are hopped. But like, mm. there was a period of time when that wasn't the case. And and I, I'm gonna make a comparison. We're probably gonna make a couple of comparisons throughout this episode, but I want to make this comparison. When they started experimenting with different hops, like this is the champagne of hops. To me, it's it's very similar to like, you know, like in an old fashioned. There's different types of bitters, right? That that render different different styles of old fashions or different var variations. And uh, it's crazy to me that like somebody took something cause a hop itself, like you're not just eating those like, no. nah, you know what I mean? Or like bitters. You're not just like, Oh yeah, this is great. You're just like, Oh, this is terrible. But in conjunction with a great spirit or in conjunction with a brewing process makes things obviously as refreshing and delicious as a beer like 1664. It's just crazy that they would put those two pieces together not saying they had a lot of raw materials to deal with to make flavors with, but well, I, I mean, there, yeah, it probably came down to a point where they I, honestly, this is how I feel like beer was invented, right? Is they had all the ingredients from something else. Maybe they just had collected it along a path or something and they forgot about it. Hmm. And then somebody came up to it like six, seven months later and it was just this liquid and they were like, Oh, that smells bad. Right. <laughs> like that's probably not good. And there was one brave guy in the village that was like, bro, I'm thirsty, man. I don't like, care. Actually, I'll try it. And he tried it and he got super messed up and everybody freaked out the first night. But then he woke up the next day and he was like, guys, you're not going to believe, believe what I was doing last night. While all the y'all were sitting around the fire, I was somewhere else, bro. I was having a great time. I wasn't cold at all. In fact, I was so warm. I slept I outside. <laughs> so I, we probably I slept need with the horses, to, bro. We probably <laughs> need to do like a historical beer episode. I think we should do that. Even and we can pick. I, here's what I say: I'm not making a commitment to it. I don't want to give any teasers <laughs> to something that obviously I'm making up on the fly. But we should probably go back and do a historical beer episode, and we pick like three of our favorites that have been through the ringer thus far, so that it's not a new beer. But it's just us enjoying what we, the epitome of our favorites along the way while we explain it. Because also, I think a lot of it, if I if I remember correctly, is you know, no people were like drinking water and they were dying because it was like terrible, and so because it was like contaminated and stuff. And they were like, hey, if we like these these flowers aren't dying, like they stay good for a long time. We want to stay good for a long time. And so now that's probably not the story on hops, but yeah, it was just a lot of things rotting and they were like, well, we can't let it go to waste. And so they got wasted and that's why they call it that way. 
Yeah. That, hey, made, that, up that piece, that, made up that uh, piece of history, but I don't know. But see, it is about as viable as my made up history. Possibly. Because so you we, know what? We, we don't really know what happened. We don't really know how it formed. Someone can say they know the history, you know, and how, how beer, the origin of beer came around or the origin of alcohol. But like, do we really know? What if that person no. wasn't the first person to do it? I guarantee it had to have been accidental. I mean, but they were, people were using it. I mean, I do know this for a fact. People were using it as currency. Like people were getting paid in it because, you know, there is oh, yeah. <laughs> much to our dismay nowadays, but like there is some calorie content to it. It does keep you content. Um, and so like, if you can pay people in beer and you're, you can manufacture that, I guess we manufacture oh. currency, but I digress. I mean, Anyways. it's a drug. So, it's oh a yeah, drug. There you it's go. Just, I mean, it's just, it's not like a hard drug, like cocaine or something, but I mean, it's a drug. It's like weed. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But, but I mean, I don't know if, it, if any period of time they were paying people in weed, maybe they were at least maybe not here. I mean, but, I think, uh, I think they do in Mexico sometimes. Depending possibly. on your your way of life, I guess. But one other thing that I wanted to mention is like, so we we talked a little bit about 1664, right? Being a valid, like that's the when it was manufactured, like that's when it was made for the first time. But we thought it might have been some cool historical um, situation for France. Mm-hmm. So then it sent us down this rabbit hole of like, what do we get from? the French mm. and I was, I was stumped at first. Um, but you know, being the, the foodie, uh, the culinarian, if you will, from a previous life, um, they, they only, I don't want to say the only thing, but one of the things that France gives us is the standard for all modern cuisine, right? For classic French preparation of meats, vegetables, sauces, stocks, soups, all of the foundational pieces ooh, excuse me, in, um, in cuisine come from France, and they're still known for that. But outside of that, I was at a loss. I was at a loss. Yeah, I don't think they've given much more to me other than the Pink Panther movie, which wasn't even from them. So, yeah, Pro- They probably I mean, actually more or less hate that movie than, than anything. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if I would chalk that up as like in the win column or, you know, like if we were pro and con in France deliverables right now, Pink Panther's going to go in the con boat for me. But Listen, that's me. You can't love Steve Martin and hate the Pink Panther. Oh, I was, I'll listen. Everybody makes mistakes. Steve Martin is no exception to that. Oh, okay? no, dude. That's, that's, that's peak Steve Martin for me, bro. Oh. <laughs> No, not really. But uh, no, I do. I mean, I don't know much about culinary arts or anything like that. But I do remember uh, whenever I was reading, um, what's his name? Anthony Bourdain's uh, book last year. Isn't that when we read kitchen, it? Kitchen Confidential. Yeah, he talks a lot about the, the French kitchens and how they pretty much paved the way for how everything is like prepped and everything's done in like a, a modern day kitchen these days. So. Correct. The I, hierarchy. I thank you very much for that. Yeah, the hierarchy is established that way. Um, how you go about piecing things together, how you build flavors. You know, it, I, 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 it's a little bit of a misnomer. Like, there's no, I mean, obviously people have been eating food forever and preparing food forever from every culture, right? But uh, I think uh, 
I don't want to say commercializing it, but like um, converting it to an offering as a service is where the French excelled. Mm. Maybe the French are just really stingy with, with their knowledges. Maybe that's why they haven't given the rest of the world a lot of things. Maybe they're keeping it to themselves. That could be. Um, but they also seem, man, now we are really diving into this. It also, they also seem too uppity to not take okay. credit for something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying like, they, there's no way they could be that humbled. You know? Oh like, yes. That was me. Culture. That was us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like they would that's be like, Hey guys, look, we found this out. And we would be like, no, somebody else did that. And they would be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Actually. We found it out. I don't know anything about the French, as I said at the beginning of this conversation, but that's how I assume. That's the way they come off. Let me put it that way. That's the way they're portrayed in movies, right? Like the like European Vacation. Oh, yeah. Prob- probably a very, very valid representation of the French. I, I, I can only imagine just as, that not a single stereotype was played into during the filming of that movie. Just just as the, the uh, Griswold family is the very, very accurate representation of the modern american family you know you say that but like not that far off aside from maybe a a collection of his odd idiosyncrasies i would say probably fairly accurate i'm 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 not exaggerating about the griswold family but i am exaggerating about about how they portray the french for sure yeah well we we think we're not for sure i don't know though man i you know they're bringing us good food so they're doing something right yeah, well, you say that, but then there's also like some of the classic, and again, that was from a different time because they wrote the book, right? They started it from scratch. They invented it from nothing. Um, but some of the stuff they were putting out, oh man, like the aspects and the terrain, they're like, hey, we like this meat, but we kind of want to grind it up, put it in this casserole dish and fill it full of fat and we'll just slice it and eat it like lunch meat. And I'm like, I'm going to sit out on this one. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah. no, no, we'll make it a delicacy. And I'm like... Yeah, I don't just, know. They're just out here like salt and snails too. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yeah. So on the salting of the snails. Well, I mean, what, like what, what, you know, not like not like you, not like murdering. You know, well, I mean, they, they are. They do murder them, but they salt them afterwards. You know, to to eat them. Yeah, because here's the thing. Immediately, I was like. No, we as America, that's an American thing to find, which is terrible, but to find a small snail about his business and just salt him him so he dies. uh, That's what I thought you meant. The French. You know what's horrible about that, too, is like that when you think of like worst deaths, right? Think about like some of the worst ways you could die. You think like catching on fire. You think like getting stuck drowning in some place where you can't move or like drowning or something, but you never think of being dried up with salt. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't live in a world where that's horrible. Oh God. I mean, I guess we do it to ourselves by dehydrating ourselves, but can you imagine if like, instead of one day it raining, it just salted and we were like, Oh my God, I was out in it. Instead you of know? like hail, it was just chunks of salt. Yeah, and then you're just, just like, trying hey, to get back inside, but you can't. Do you hear what happened to Dave? Yeah, <laughs> salted. Oh man, loved that guy. Mm. But yes, yeah, so they so they are uh, salting in a good way. Well, I mean, snails. It's not like mass mass snail murder <laughs> they're committing. It's not like genocide or whatever. Yeah, but uh, so hold on, real quick. Let's back up for a second. 
I wish I knew the answer to this, and this might be the first Google of the episode, but maybe maybe it's slugs that we would put the salt on. What what's the? Well, you do it to snails a, too. Is a slug just a homeless snail? <laughs> what what is that? See, now we're asking the right questions here. See, because you know how like a hermit crab, they can like change shells. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. but I I, I think slugs and snails are are different species, but uh. Slugs, slugs definitely aren't homeless. They gotta be in the same. Oh, they're in the same like. They're in the same. Probably like species family. They're just not equipped. I both of us have the bird. How refreshing is that belch? It is. I'm. I'm. Listen, one of the ones that like burns a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, I'm googling this, and I literally typed in "slug versus snail," and right as soon as I hit enter, I was like, "This could return some really sketchy things." Um, or we could get an epic battle on our hands, some kind of like sweet wrestling match. You know? Yeah. So listen, there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just thought about it, like some um, like comic book version of WWE, but it's just this, just like an adult swim slug. Ca- yeah, an adult swim cartoon. Um, the snail wow. comes out. They're doing like a presser before, and the snail comes out talking shit about how you don't even have a home. You're homeless, okay. bro. What are you fighting for? I got a family. I'm literally hard as a rock and he's just got the shell on because here's the thing. The only significant morphological difference between the slug and the snail is the snail's conspicuous shell. His shell is large enough for the snail to completely retract for defense, but they are both gastropod mollusks. One lacks a shell. One does not. Or the, the, actually, slugs at a period of time can have a semi exoskeleton like um, internal shell, a small internal shell. Um, but they're basically the, made up of the same stuff. It's just one has an obvious um, shell and one doesn't. So one one is carrying around a, a constant tent and or RV it can protect itself in. The rest are just rolling the dice with life just, daily, just free balling. All day, yeah. every day. A lot less uh, defense against the salt arts. That's what <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm saying. <laughs> that's for sure, because that's how immediately, if it was an adult swim cartoon of them wrestling, that's how it ends. Somebody oh, yeah. pours salt in the arena. You know that's what happens. 100%. Um, yeah, I was also thinking maybe potentially like at some point somebody, you know how like it's champagne bottles are like celebrating, they bust one open, but it's full of salt and then ah, everybody just <laughs> dissolves into a sludge. Or the fight, um, they, they're like talking this fight up or whatever and they get in there and they're both just moving so slow that it's getting annoying. And instead of throwing tomatoes at them or whatever, they throw salt at them. The crowd. One last thing, and then we can get off the topic, but I, I would love to do a comparison of, like, how long does it take? Like, if I salted both of them at the same time, same amount of salt, now, which, which we, one's going to go first? I think we have to consider size here. We need to, no. is this going to be a straight up same quantity, same amount of salt, or is it going to be same per body fat? Listen, same size, same everything. One's got a shell. One has no shell. 
who's getting gummy first is basically where I'm going with that. I think it's an I'm, experiment. I think I'm taking the snails getting gummy first. 100%. No, no the snail? I'm going to say the slug. He has no outer covering. So they're the same exact size, same fatness. Yeah, first off, or fatness? Thick, I don't thickness. even know if that's something thickness. that Let's you say can... thickness. Thickness. Yeah, what's the what's the BMI of the snail versus the BMI listen, of the slug? Listen, I'm just saying, because when I think of a snail, I think of the little bitty snails that we got here. You know what I mean? Dude, they're, they're all the same size. Like a, like, I've seen okay. some big slugs, bro. I mean, I've seen some big slugs, but I've seen some pretty big... Okay, this. Oh, I'm glad we came full circle because I'm trying to get us back on track here. Like, think about the French, right? They're salting big slugs. I mean, big snails. Those are big. Those are Well, I don't huge. know. I've never been. Oh, my... Dude, have you never had snails? Like the no, escargot never, and stuff? No, no, no. I've never had escargot. Oh, well, first off, the tea is just along Stupid American. Ride. Stupid American. Um, okay, so... Listen, everybody's like, oh, they're, you know, I'm not going to say they're phenomenal. To me, here's the issue with them. Um, I love mushrooms, but there's certain mushrooms that are a little too earthy, a little too mm -hmm. umami-ish, okay? And then I love, like, I don't like beets for that same exact reason. No matter what you do, it tastes like dirt, okay? And certain escargot, regardless of how much butter, garlic, you know, um, you're using to prep them, um, even if you're like pre-poaching them or something like that, they they have a, too much earthiness to them. So I'm not going to say that like they're gross because they're not, but I it's it it's always a roll of the dice for me unless I know from a trusted place they're good. Okay. Yeah. And then all you know, consistency is always you know it's, there's a potential for them to be rubbery, right? But but then sometimes they can because you like scallops, right? Yeah, I mean I like scallops. Okay. Well, I mean, first off, they're not like my favorite thing, but I like them. Okay. Well, I was under the impression before this encounter that like people that like there was no in between. People are like, ah, no, I don't do scallops. Or people are like, holy shit, scallops are the jazz. You know what I mean? But apparently no. you're the outlier there. No, no. I mean, I mean, they're, they're good, but like I don't want to order them. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like if um, someone else orders them, then yes, I'm going to have some. Well, back to my okay. So I, I am the opposite. Like I, I, like I will not always order them, but like, man, a good scallop is is worth it, right? I'll take the journey for a good scallop. So what I'm what I was getting at was I think that sometimes in preparation they can get rubbery, but I've also had them where they're just the tender texture of like a medium scallop, and you're just like, my lord. How can this get any better? Mm. But they can also be too earthy, and that's so, what the—that's why the French are salting them. So it's probably just because uh, it probably depends on where you're getting them from, right? <clears throat> I would imagine. Or yeah, and, I mean, it depends on a lot. Of, it's kind of like oysters in that that sense too. Yeah, I'm sure there's seasonality to snails too. I guess. Um, hey man, I don't know. These are questions that I'm that I'm trying to you know. Listen, you're the culinary they're, they're, guy. I figured you'd know. They're, they're salting them. It, it's the right preparation. I'm sure there is some seasonal differences. Um, I don't want them too earthy, and I want the texture to be right. But I'm not going to sit here and go. It's kind of one of those fad things where you're like, oh, have you ever had escargot because you're eating a snail? Like, I don't treat them like that. 
you either like them or you don't. And for those reasons, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Well, you know, I would probably have escargot if they put it on the buffet. <laughs> we went down there to that all-you-could-eat buffet, and they was covered in that escargot. You, you ever been to that golden corral over yonder? Well, you know that buffet? The buffet. Um, they got this pretty- new thing over there called that escargot. <laughs> and I went over there and got me some, I'm telling you. Um, I just, I don't know. I, so they're, they're not committing mass genocide of snails. They're salting those that they consume. So they gave us that as well. Given us some good cuisine. They've given us some good, uh, soccer the past two world cups. So I appreciate them for that as well. Yeah. The, the fact that, uh, given so, us so the Eiffel tower, right? That's in France, isn't it? Yeah, that is in France. Also, did they, was it them or Italy that gifted us the uh, Statue of Liberty? Ooh, maybe it was France. Son of a gun. We we really should have looked this up, because do you realize how idiotic that we sound right now? Listen, man. we don't know this? I know a lot of Texas history, because we're from Texas. That is right. And actually, a lot of United States history. Um, okay, so let's see. Statue of Liberty. Look at this. I know we've talked about this before and we've discussed this before, but I binged it instead of going to Google oh first. And I don't even know what the fuck the answer is to that question because Bing gave me it gave it to me. Trash. Just the um, worst. Absolute worst. It's like I it's guarantee like the, you the difference between an Android and an iPhone. I guarantee you, I'm going to type, I haven't yet, I'm going to type in Statue of Liberty into Google, and I bet you, I will not have to move a mouse, click anything, and it's going to tell me right up fucking front that it was a gift from whomever, okay? Oh, here we go. Ready? Um, first page, didn't even scroll down, didn't click nothing. The copper statue, a gift from the people of France. Look at that. Google for the win. Dis- was designed by French sculptor Frederick Augusta Bartholdi, and its metal framework was built by Gustave Eiffel. So now they've given us two gifts. Yes. Or three, if you count the cuisine. They've given us the Statue of Liberty, the yes. food, or the, the system of making food, and, and the Cronenberg 1664. Why? So they, they are batting a thousand, as far that, as I'm concerned. Yes. I wouldn't expect them to come out of this given much credit to France, but uh, you know, I will give them those three things. Yes, me too. So, it, so it, I don't, I don't want to get off topic here, but there's one other thing that I do want to bring up. So earlier, when we were talking about the buffet and the Ascar gots, uh, something dawned on me. So, being as it's overseas, right, and I don't know where it was invented. Um, the uh, which I do have one here. I don't know where it was invented, but like the metal crown, right, that mm-hmm. goes on the actual um, bottle itself. Like, there's some pop tops, and then you know, there's a lot of twist offs. I don't even know if they do twist offs overseas, uh, but they might. Anyways, I don't know. There's if pop you don't, tops. you should. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. Everyone's entitled to the convenience of that. Um, but 
there's pop tops and there's twist offs. Okay. And here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to try not to be offensive, but it's fairly obvious. Okay. okay. So just, I, I'm not saying that the beverage inside is dictated by whether you have a pop top or a twist off. I don't want to go that far. But I will say this, okay? If you're popping the top off the beer, you're getting something like a 1664, right? 200, I don't know, you can do the math, 300 years, I don't know. All of this history, the champagne of hops, just refreshing, crisp, citrusy, Pilsner goodness, okay? And if you're screwing the top off the bottle, could be a high life. You know what I'm saying? It could be. It's or, a, so I'm just saying. Are, isn't, uh, isn't Shiner twist off or are they pop off? Shiner is twist off and, and Shiner is a good beer. So I'm saying it's not always 100%, but like the, the case in point that I'm trying to make is like, I feel like beers that you open. Okay. Uh, let, let me try to define it like this. We're from East Texas, okay? Mm-hmm. And we are intelligent. I know the whole episode we've been cutting ourselves down. We're fairly intelligent individuals, okay? Yeah. But if you were to hear us from a distance, you you're wouldn't think write so, off. brother. Exactly, okay? You would not you're think so. Like, you're going to be like, unless he's working a shovel or a broom, this dude isn't going to help me. That's no, essentially no. what you're going to think, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And that's fine. Right? That's fine. That's not the truth. But that's the way that we're perceived from a distance because of the way we sound. IQ is directly relative to the, to the draw that comes from our, our face gaping hole, okay? And that's the way I feel about twist top versus pop-offs, right? Because you're right. You could twist it off and you get a shiner in there and you're like, oh, that's delicious. But you could also twist it off and you get high life, you know? Yeah. That's fair. Whereas with a, I'm I'm also sure too, with a pop top, you can pop the top and you get 1664, or you could pop the top and you get something that is, you know, overseas equivalent to high life, which is I know we already compared 1664 to that, but what I'm saying is you could get their shit well, bottom of the barrel, run of the listen, mill, to be top fair, two. That that comparison with the champagne was only because Miller Life is quoted as the champagne of beers when it absolutely should not be. Let's be real with ourselves. It was just a, a word comparison. The point I'm trying to make is that stereotypically and sometimes justifiably, a pop top is classier and a better beverage than a twist off. But you can't discredit a twist off beer is what I'm trying to say. There's an image. There's an image associated with a pop top that there's right. not with a twist off. I, I like I can see that like when you go to a bar, say you go out, meet a nice lady friend or or guy yeah. friend, whatever way you swing, you know, meet a yeah. meet a partner friend, whatever you want to say. Anyways, you order a beer, and it's a pop off. How much cooler is it when the bartender comes over to you and pops it off for you, instead of just twisting it off for you? One hundred percent. I will say this: two things. Let's say you're at a you're having a a function at your house, okay. You're having people over from work, or maybe you're having house guests over for the first time. You're out and about, which is, this is very rarely going to be the case, but you're out and about, you're grabbing beers for everybody to enjoy when they get back to the house for the event, Um, and 
you have the choice between a pop top and a twist off and you don't know the brand of beers. Okay. You're probably going to choose those pop tops. Aren't you? You are. If there's a bottle opener. Yes. 100%. It's just like if for some reason I were looking for someone to, in the heat of the moment, save my life. I wouldn't want them to sound like me. I would want them to sound like they were from somewhere else. Yes. I'm just saying, like, that's facts. I just, yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of intelligent people that are from Texas. Some of the, some of the smartest, I would assume, I, I have to in the world. But uh, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to go with the other accent, not the one that sounds closest to where I'm from. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like you said, right? Like, cause I'm the same way. Like if I'm going in to like see my doctor or something, I don't want them to have the same or like a Southern twang, you know, like a huge, like a horrible yeah. Southern twang. But like, but if I was like going to get my truck worked on. Oh yeah. 100%. I, I know it's going to get done right. You know what I mean? That, that is very <laughs> like, true. I just, in my head, somebody with a Southern accent knows how to put a truck back together, but don't necessarily know how to put a human back together. You know what I mean? <laughs> I agree. You know, and I, I that's, agree. I mean, I, I'm could, I could be totally wrong with that. Obviously there's people that, that have that Southern accent that are incredibly smart and can put a human back together, but in your head, you know, I also, <laughs> you have a also vision of too- things. I think it, <laughs> I think it's what you're going after too, because like, um, first off, I don't know if they have the, I don't want to say technology, but I don't know if they have the capability of having twist offs overseas. Um, so all of their beers are a pop top, so you get quality versus not quality with the same type of top. Um, I think really quickly, I think they probably have the ability to do it. I mean, it, uh, I I not, wonder not belittling them. I'm just no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm like, I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's a freshness, re, like, but like difference between a twist off and a pop off. Um, because I feel like I, I feel because a twist off is fairly easy to get off, right? So it probably isn't sealed as well. I would think. Also, too, you know, I mean, it's I'm, I'm safely sealed, but you know, it's probably not as good. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure. I'm sure Cronenberg, Borg, whatever, especially for the 1664, they're probably not finishing. You know, it, it's mass produced. Like we, we, I like it, but it's mass produced, right? So, like any other American beer, now it is. Yeah, now it is. Yeah, for that first 200 years, old boy was just well, rocking and rolling. But I got another year landmark, but you can keep going first. I'll okay, okay, we'll we'll get back into that, but um. So it's mass produced now, so they're definitely not finishing anything in the bottle, but there are certain things that, you know, they finish the rest of their life, you know, they carbonate in the bottle, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and so maybe they do need that additional extra seal versus a, a twist off. I don't know. And also, too, if you think about beers in this, like you're not getting a, even craft beers in the States aren't coming with a twist off. You know what I'm saying? It's basically your mass produced stuff where it's finished when it's bottled because it's being consumed in mass quantities by the, even, even something like Shiner, like on the grand scheme, grand scheme of things, like people are drinking truckloads of that a night. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. I I'm just, I mean, I, for no fault of its own or anything, just wonder if a twist off is not as sealed. Cause it, it just seems like it wouldn't be, you know, 
I, I liked what? I like and like I said, I love Shiner, so it's nothing against the the idea of it. I just I'm curious. You know, one other thing I would say is um there's a scientist that listens that can answer that. I'd like to know. I don't know how many are in our audience of three. But uh so the the also too though, they were the recycling programs, probably not in the States. But like the recycling programs are drastically different in other countries too, because like they will physically reuse the bottle. Like when we talk about recycling in the states, it's like we're talking about machine and and crushing it yeah. and and re- remaking the bottle. Like in some countries, I'm not saying Cronenberg 1664 is one of them, but like they physically refill the bottle. And so I'm sure having something that can be reused, I know this is a specific shape, but having something that can be reused by multiple different avenues in its current state versus, you know, a twist-off situation. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you can just, yeah. yeah. I get what you mean. <clears throat> maybe. Maybe that is, I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily happens with beers as much, but like in Mexico, they do it a lot with their sodas. Like, and, and it's weird to me because you'll see like a soda bottle and you're like, Oh, that that's definitely not the shape of a Coke bottle, but it's full of Coke, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just because that's the way their recycling process is and they're full crowned, not twist off ground. Yeah. Well, that's the difference between a, a American Coke and a Mexican Coke though. No, no, no. The biggest difference is one uses real cane sugar and one uses high uh, fructose corn syrup. Are they using cane sugar or are they using cocaine? Let's be honest with ourselves. Oh, uh, no. Mex- okay. Because Mexican Coke is delicious. No cocaine, but uh, but definitely uh, sugar. And in fact, a lot of the sugar in the States is manufactured for beverages outside of the States. A large portion. That's fine. We don't need yeah. any more sugar than what we consume already. So We, we don't, but I don't know if... Uh, we also we don't need all the high fructose corn syrup that exactly. we consume. Exactly. So. I, don't, I don't know if we uh, have time for that argument today, but... Um, mm. No. Anyways, I'm I'm very excited, and I don't want to give a teaser to anything that we have coming up, but I'm very excited that we got to enjoy this one for sure, um, because these are my standard for beers. Like this is what, like I love all beers, and you know, with with some some uh, preference towards certain ones, but these are my styles of beer. Like this is yes. what I want when I want a beer. This is very much a perfect example of a of a beer, honestly. Just a standard, delicious, refreshing, sit around, hang out beer. These are also, though, nothing you can hide from. Dude, you drink one of these puppies and you walk into a room and people are like, oh my God, what happened in here? And you're like, oh, I drank a 1664 four hours ago. And they're like, well, I can still smell it. Yeah, and more. It's more like I drank one like four days ago. And they yeah. walk in, and they're like, "Oh God, did you leave Jesus. the bottle out? No, I threw it out that night." Jesus Christ, what what died, and then you sprinkled lemons on it a day later, and I'm like, ah, sixty-four, my friend. That's what that is. You have a pet skunk. What did is you that? just burp? <laughs> did you just burp? Yeah, like a week ago. That kind of thing. Did you just burp? Yeah, a week ago. (laughs) 
but because that they just they linger they stick to all the but surfaces like, in your mouth but it's like that would not be my it'd be like hey did you just burp no i don't think i've burped <laughs> i mean i, I, I don't think i've burped that. in like a week first of all it would be i would be very concerned for my life if i hadn't burped in a week well, I would say hard pressed to actually know when I had burped last. That's the that's really the the most concerning part. If somebody asked me, "When did you like not not did you burp, but when did you last burp?" I can't honestly answer that question. Who knows exactly ago? when they last? I mean, well, I can right now, but you know, if like I woke up and somebody was like, "Hey, when's the last time you burped?" I'd be like, "Huh? I don't know." You don't burp after like you eat. I mean, yeah, maybe sometimes, but <clears throat> I don't necessarily keep track of them. It's a it's a bodily function that's just happening. Yeah, but you know, you have those good ones. Well, one hundred percent, and and this beverage is definitely uh, <laughs> in, inducing more than my. I just guess. open the front door and just come in. Hey, man, what's oh god. <laughs> I'm telling you, so so that's when that's how you know. Like these are not something that you can just nonchalantly. I would tell you this: this is not a beer for those that are trying to, you know, as kids. And this is probably a lot of kids overseas, maybe in France. It's probably a lot of their first beer. They like snag a few off the old man. They sneak behind the shed. They're like, "We're gonna indulge." You can't sneak these. No, you can't. Mm -mm. You you wake up the next day and your dad knows. Not only because he has yeah. a count of how many beers he had left of the sixteen sixty four, because you're not gonna forget about these. Okay, mm -mm. so not only does he have the count, but he's gonna smell it on you when you wake up, no matter how much you brush your teeth. Well, and even if he doesn't catch you that particular day, like four days later, you guys are gonna be working out in the field doing something. And he's gonna smell your sweat and go, <laughs> "Were you drinking sixteen sixty four?" I knew I, I knew I had misplaced a couple. I thought I had too many that night. Yeah. Um. Which I think that, that there's something to be said about that. I think that's uh that's that's a proud moment. I think it's, that's well, that's prideful. Well, 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 I, I okay, mean, let's because like because like when I eat pizza, you know, my and then I sweat. It oh, smells yeah. like grease and pepperoni and cheese, and I don't like that. So yeah, you're right. That's you're definitely right. not something to be like. You don't want to. You don't want to eat pizza and then go to the gym because then everybody at the gym is going to know that you were eating pizza. That's 100% sure. You know what I mean? You got to work out at home for the next couple days if you're going to eat pizza. Also, I can assure you, assure you, especially firmly, the older you get, that in 1664, they weren't worried about a good quality beverage interfering with social events because of odors Stench. okay yeah no definitely not on their radar not at all in fact this probably made you smell better back then let's be real they were like i met this girl you're not gonna believe this it smelled exactly like a 1664 no, which bro. you know what it's like it's like when your friends ask you what you're wearing right like what cologne you're wearing or whatever that's right what is wait, man, bro? I met this chick, bro. Oh, what'd she have on, man? Sixteen sixty four, bro. You wouldn't believe it. What is that smell? Sixteen sixty four. The horses stopped short, and one fell over in the wagon. <laughs> mm. Yeah. They so uh, uh, on that one one on that topic. One more comment. Here's the thing. Like we're joking about it, 
but also I think even nowadays, let's let's say right now, if like a bunch of dudes are hanging out and they were like, dude, you met her like, you know, like you're talking this and that and you're like, so like what was going on? Like, give me details. And she did smell like a 1664. Even today, I think a guy would go, bro, she, she smelled like beer. And not one person in that situation would go, oh, so you were turned off? No, no, no. Immediately, they'd be like, dude, that's cool. So, like, how did it go? <laughs> well, you know, I'd be like, well, did, did y'all, did she buy you one? Or, you know? Yeah. There would, there would be did no hard feelings one? about it. No. But that's, it... the, I guess that's the male mentality versus the female. So let's, let's, let's rewind. Maybe in 1664, a female could meet a male and she could go, he smelled like 1664. Mm. And that's a relief to her because he didn't smell like him. You know what yeah. I mean? Didn't smell like ass. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 1664 I'll... ass. Everything Which... was hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was indeed. You can't get away with that these days, though. No. I, I, don't, think, uh, I don't think a girl's going out meeting with a guy and coming back and being like, hey, ladies, listen. Met this guy. He's really awesome. He's funny as hell. Got a great personality. Good looking. But he smelled like 1664. And, <laughs> you know, you know and whether, I mean? whether whether it was the year or the beer, she's still going <laughs> to strike out of that situation. Yeah. There would be like, because a couple of them wouldn't know what it meant. You know what I mean? Probably most of them wouldn't. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have known before this past weekend. So it's <laughs> There's like, I can't even think of how small the sub sample set of females would be that are okay with that. It's such a small amount that I, I can't even consider it a sample of the larger population. There are maybe three females on this planet probably that are like, <laughs> ooh, smelled like 1664. And here's the thing. The other two, when one, that comes out of one's mouth, the other two are her girlfriends. And so that's only happening one time ever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I didn't even drink it. I just doused my fingers in it. I just <laughs> put I just it on the neck. The top of the cap and just right on the neck. Yeah, I knew. Both sides of the neck, baby. You know what I mean? I was I was targeting that one chick. I don't know why <laughs> it is also that I've, uh, I just picture this chick wearing leather. And being some part of a biker gang, I'm not. I'm not stereotyping, but I'm just. That's the demographic that's going to be okay with that. That's pretty. Um, that's pretty. That's that's pretty stereotypical, bro. It's. I mean, it is, but it's very accurate. You know, it is. You thought about it, and you're like, huh, eh, that that checks out. <laughs> you're not wrong at all. I would think the same thing. <clears throat> um. All right. Yeah. So the last uh, year thing that I had here. I had one oh, more yeah. before we went on the rant. Sorry. Um, it happened. So after they introduced the Strissel Spalt hops in 1885, nothing else really happened until 1952. And this is where I said earlier that the fringe maybe just are being stingy with their information. Yeah. And maybe that's why they haven't given us a lot because that's the first time that it was brought to Britain. In 1952? 1952. It's brought into Britain for the first time ahead of celebrations for the coronation, get ready for this, of Queen Elizabeth II. Oh my god. 
1953 to the throne of the United Kingdom. So I wonder then, um, and then this led to it being imported to 68 other countries around the world. Wow. So all of this time, like we can give France the credit they deserve for making it, but maybe it was Queen E that was getting it out there. No, she tasted it at the coronation and was like, the world has to have this. Yeah. Also, and you know what? Now I take I take back any rude thing that is ever said about her. That I I mean I didn't really ever say anything bad about her, but yeah, I was like, golly, you got a laundry list? <laughs> Jesus no, no. Christ, dude! I meant more or less any I take back for what other people may have said about her. That's what I meant to say, but uh, yeah, her her uh, coronation is what did it, huh? Yeah, her coronation is what brought it to the rest of the world. So, dude, that is man. crazy. Also, so, the so queen. Oh yeah, but I mean, hey, I'll, I mean, I'll put a... did did you know? Did some questionable things, but brought us the sixteen sixty four. I mean, sixteen sixty four to nineteen fifty three. You said, yeah. Well, this says it's the headline says nineteen fifty two, but the coronation was in nineteen fifty three. So very confused about that. But... Okay, that's fine. Listen, I just assumed news wasn't that great back then. Can you imagine? Like now, like there's a bit like there's a, nowadays there's a huge difference between like was that posted two hours? Think about this, real quick. When you Google somebody's death right now, mm-hmm. and Google pulls up articles, you're like, oh my god, that was from three hours ago. Like what? You know what I mean? That's yeah. what you say in your mind. You're like, oh, that's from three hours ago. I need a newer article. That's what you. That's what you say. Yeah. Back then, you were like, yeah, I mean, that was like three months ago. That's close enough. Yeah. You know, it's probably accurate. Yeah, nineteen fifty three. Oh my like, god! Yeah. Oh my god! The president's in the hospital. Three months ago. <laughs> Man, I wonder how he's doing. I'm telling you, dude. It's so. Anyways, fifty two, fifty three doesn't matter. the 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 point of the story is, made in sixteen sixty four, moves to Cronenberg in uh. When did you say? Two hundred uh, years later. Eighteen fifty. Yeah. Eighteen fifty. So a hundred years later plus two or three, give or take. Yeah. Is when, is it, when anyone else aside from France gets it. Yes. That's wild. It's absolutely crazy. Especially considering but, how delicious it is, man. Yes, but also, too, I think we underestimate the saturation of absolutely amazing beverages that are in Europe. Yeah, and probably especially in France. If we're and being England. And England, oh, France, right? England, Germany, they all kind of... I would, yeah. I, I imagine, uh, um, Portugal and Spain as well. I mean, there's, there's front runners clearly like the Czech Republic, um, Italy, Germany, Belgium, like there. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to go like wines and spirits and all that stuff, oh, yeah. there's front runners everywhere, but like there's zero shortage of amazing lengthy tried and true, um, Beers, wines, spirits, and beverages, even non-alcoholic beverages that exist there. It's the old world, after all. Um, yeah. So the first guy was brave enough to try it, man. Can you... <laughs> Male can or you woman. Imagine? It was probably a woman, honestly. She was like, he wants me to throw this away. He's up in his, he's up in his feelings about it. He just, he just doesn't I'm get just it. Gonna, 
I'm just going to have a nip and then, oh man, we're stepping off deep. Like the next three days were amazing. And this guy was like, I don't know what was in that, but we need to make more of it. And then just yeah. kept going. Yeah. <clears throat> you took that a different way I was going, but that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Good. No, I was talking about keeping the sanity of the relationship, uh, which, you know, I'll just shove that foot further down my, <laughs> it's probably... in my mouth. <laughs> it's probably more like, these days have been great. Give me whatever you're having. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into uh, the rating. What we're what we're giving this uh, thing real quick. Um, I can start with mine, like I usually do. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a a perfect six on entry. I think it's beautiful when it enters my mouth. You know. Uh, aftertaste. I'm gonna give it a five. Not really for any other reason than I'm, other than I'm hoping that something else could be better. Mm -hmm. uh, body, giving it a five as well. Uh, we didn't pour this one, but bottle and the the see through of it on the on the color. I'm going to give it a six. Looks to be a perfect. You. Looks to be. I a perfect assure one. you, it's what you want. Okay, perfect bitterness. I'm giving it a five again for no other reason than I'm hoping something might be better. Uh, acidity. I'll actually give that a six as well. It's delicious. Um, perfect mixture of flavors, fruitiness that's in there or whatever. And the fizz, man, we're giving it another six. I think uh, we got burps right off the first the first uh, sip until the end of the episode here. So I apologize if I left any burps in there for... Uh, to be heard, I'm gonna be honest. I don't edit the burps out. I'm just saying, if the, there's a plethora of them this episode, I apologize. Part of the experience. Uh, I mean, unless it were like interfering with just you know the the fluidness of conversation, which I, I guess it, that's what a burp does anyway. So yeah, leave them in. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of cheat. I don't want to say cheating, but I'm cheating a bit because I know what my favorite of these are, right? And we've talked about this over and over and over, but. This is basically us in like evaluating or interpreting this style beer versus all of the other styles. Okay. And so for me, I know what my favorite is. Um, and I kind of said that at the beginning that this is probably three or four on that list, but at entry, I have a five, um, just because there's one that I like more aftertaste. I have a four, um, only because I think what I experienced at entry very quickly becomes aftertaste with the 1664 compared to some other pilsners. So I'm giving it a four um, body. I've got a five. It's great. Nothing to laugh at color. I have a five. We didn't pour it, but it's right where it should be bitterness. I have a five only because there's happens to be one better acidity. I have a five fizz. I do have it at a six and here's why, because if there's anything that this one does compared to, what I consider to be my favorite. We're, we're going to have to like, whenever we do the, the, the history of beer episode where we're just like reading and, and commentating over the top and we get to pick our beers, I'll, I'll bring in my favorite Pilsner, but um, it doesn't quite have the response to consumption delivering Burt like 1664 does. Right. Okay. So it has the upper hand there, but um, overall that gives it a 35, um, in regards to, you know, stereotypical pilsners. Yeah. All right. So we got a 39 from me overall and a 35 from you. That's 
obviously the highest uh, rated one. Again, this scale is uh, based on our expectation of what a Pilsner should be. Correct. Although this also is a very highly rated beer in my mind. This is a definitely buy if you see it. Um, definitely will be buying it again, uh, especially during hot months, I think. Uh, spring and summertime for me. Which Drinking is, it which is why... Which is why today I get to ask the question. Don't you allude before I get to ask, where do you see yourself drinking this beer? Where does it fit if you're going to consume it? You know, I'll be real. At first, I'm gonna, this is going to seem like, at least to me, if I was listening to it, it would be like, really, this is this kind of beer? This is a boat beer for me, dude. Straight up. Like normally when you think of a, everybody drinks like Bud Light, like a really light beer. Like a like a Miller Light or a Bud Light or something like that on the boat. Uh, I hate Bud Light mainly because I overdrink it. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a this is like a not like a activity boat beer, but like a chilling on the boat beer. You know, you go somewhere, you park, you're sitting in the water, just hanging out, not doing anything, just relaxing and sitting in the sun. I, I okay, so I agree in the fact that. I like it at a warmer temperature. I'll drink it whenever. It's great when it's like in the snow. I've drank many of them in the snow, and it's super ice cold. But I do like it more when it's warm. But to me, <clears throat> was the sun out a, when you were in the snow? Uh, no, it was at nighttime. Oh, we were like around, okay. always, yeah. usually at night. Around I digress. Night. God, then. I digress. Golly, who's drinking during the day? Anyway, but um, a lot of times I um, am on so. A boat. So, yeah, on a boat for sure. For me, it's a um it essentially is the punctuation for the day. That's what I think about when I drink this beer. Um whether you still have a question to be answered, um you're going to use this, you're going to you're going to stop by a pub or stop by a bar or stop by a buddy's house, grab one out of the fridge or you'll sit around a couple of pints or you'll sit around some bottles. And you'll question what you have left for the day because you're still concerned. Or you had a really great, really great day. You're going to invite some guys from work. You're going to stop by or maybe you're inviting people that you uh, interact with in the world that you're in. You'll stop by some friends, grab a beer, and hell yeah, like we're done with the day. Or um, you will use it as a I have accomplished whatever. Like I did what I was supposed to do today. I'm hot, I'm sweaty, if you're in that line of work, or I did all of these things, or I accomplished this, I'm going to stop and cap my day off with this beer. It's a it's a finisher for me. Um, I can drink it casually, like on a boat, I do want it to be warm, but for me, it's 100%, the day's over, you're winding down, and that's how you punctuate your day. Mm, a nightcap beer. Yeah. <clears throat> So instead of getting home and watching the the Sunday night football, you're getting home and drinking you one of these bad boys. 100%. I will say this, though, uh, now that I think back, my favorite, if you have an indoor fireplace, this is going to seem weird. When I have an indoor fireplace um, and, like, wood burning and I'm really rocking and rolling, it's super ice cold outside and you don't have the house, like, super warm because of central air and heat, Um. I crank a fire, and if I'm not doing like a whiskey, like an old-fashioned or something like that, then I want this, and I want it in a glass, 
and I want it ice, ice cold so that the room around me is filled with the fire heat, the wood heat, and then you're enjoying this. That's the only time that I really like it when it's cold, uh, unless we're outside and around a fire or something. In a wood cabin? I mean, I've never done it in a wood cabin, but yes, that would be extremely fitting. Because that's what I picture when I picture a nice, warm, interior, wood-burning fireplace, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, it's gotten to that time of the episode where I tell you to go follow us on socials, on Twitter, at Off the Tap Pod, and on Instagram at Off the Tap Podcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. I don't know. It's just Off the Tap Podcast, I think, on Facebook. I'll have to double-check that, but uh, it's stuff is posting on there as well. So if you're on Facebook, uh, you can do that. Um, yeah. So if you, if you find us on Facebook, let us know what it is. That would be extremely helpful. Um, and I'll leave you with this 1664 is the fury of the fizz.